I'm Ben Forrid. I'm Polly Gill. And I'm Alyssa Mendel. And this is Chordscast. Created by the team at the Coordination of Rare Diseases at Sanford, or CORDS for short, which is a rare disease registry working to tie together patients and researchers, no matter their condition and no matter where they are in the world. In these episodes, you'll hear interviews with scientists, physicians, rare disease patients, and advocates, along with updates on our registry and ways that you can get involved. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Chords Cast. Today I am here with Robin Henry. She is a mother of a daughter with DDX3X. And she is not only a strong advocate for her daughter, but she is also one of my good friends. Um, welcome, Robin. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so can you just tell us what your connection to the rare disease community is and tell us a little bit about DDX3X? Of course. So on July 14th, 2007, I was blessed with a beautiful baby girl. She weighed seven pounds, one ounce. I had a complication-free pregnancy and delivery. Her newborn screening was normal and I took my sweet girl home after a couple days in the hospital. Lainey experienced reflux after her very first feeding. So we made an appointment with the pediatrician to discuss my feeding concerns. Um, And besides her reflux, the doctor could tell that Lainey was not developing properly. She appeared floppy and was not reaching her milestones like holding her head up. The doctor described Lainey as being hypotonic. Hypotonia is a state of low muscle tone, often involving reduced muscle strength. Um, However, hypotonia is not a specific medical disorder, but a potential manifestation of many different diseases and disorders that affect motor nerve control by the brain or muscle strength. So we had to end up going through years and years of testing. Uh, For example, the doctor ordered a CAT scan and MRI of her brain and the tests were normal. Um, We repeated her newborn screening, which also came back normal. So she was born in 2007, and in 2014, we had um, an opportunity to do whole exome sequencing through Sanford, and that is when we reached a diagnosis of DDX3X. So that took you seven years to come up with a diagnosis. Yes. So it was probably a long journey for you. Yep. And when did you start noticing these symptoms that she was having? How old was she? Right away. Right away when she, she born. When she was born, she had severe reflux. She wasn't holding her head up. And like I said, the doctor said that she appeared floppy. And so that's when all the tests started, basically right after her six-week appointment. Wow. Um, a long journey to find undiagnosed and the answers. And I know that would probably be difficult as a parent, stressful as well. So, um Thank you for sharing that with us. And can you describe some of the symptoms that come along with this condition? Absolutely. So Lainey was diagnosed with cerebral palsy and autism just because those are often misdiagnoses because gene DDX3X is so rare. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has feeding difficulties and a lot of children that have DDX3X have feeding difficulties. So strong gag reflux. She ended up having to have a fundoplication done to help prevent like the reflux. Um, and are there different severities of this condition? Yes. 
So Lainey is unable to walk or talk, but she does utilize a communication device to, um, to communicate her needs. There's some children that are able to talk, but speech is usually really delayed. Um, there's some children that are able to walk independently. Some children learn to speak in full sentences while others are nonverbal. Some individuals run, jump, and even ski while others are unable to walk. So there's a spectrum with this. Yes. Got yep. it. Yep. Okay. So as a parent, when did you make the decision that you wanted to become a strong advocate for your daughter in DDX3X? I found out the, um, her diagnosis in 2014, and there was only 14 girls wow. uh, that were diagnosed at the time. So I got on Facebook, and I created a Facebook group called Gene DDX3X. And I connected with, it took a long time, but I ended up connecting with a mother from Ireland. And then oh, wow. there's only two people, and now there's over 600 people. Well, it's good to start those um, Facebook groups, because that's where a lot of people turn to to find those um, common conditions and kind of come together as a group to um, discuss each other's diagnosis. Um, that's amazing. And then um, what advice would you give to parents um, who have this condition if they are newly diagnosed or can't find the answer or kind of went through the same thing you did? I would ask them to join the Facebook group just so they could be educated and advocate for their daughter. And also it provides a lot of support because there's parents that are going through the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So it's very helpful to have that support. Right. And I was going to ask you, too, is this gene only um, in females, or is it in males as well? Um, it is in males, but there's more girls that are diagnosed with it just because it's on the X chromosome. Oh, sure, sure. So, and back to when you were talking about how Lainey was misdiagnosed, can you tell us about your journey with that um, and how they thought it was different conditions and what, what got to that point where they found, I know they did the genome sequencing, but um, what was it like going through all of those different diagnoses and not getting an answer? It was extremely hard because I thought, you know, was it something that I did when I was pregnant? Sure. Um, but I did find out that it was caused by a spontaneous muta mutation at conception. So, so it's not, nothing, not genetic? Yep. Okay. So it's nothing either parent did that caused their child's condition. So it's often misdiagnosed as autism spectrum disorder, cerebral palsy, Rett syndrome, Dandy Walker syndrome, or a generic developmentally delayed label. And so Lainey, she had to do tests. She, had, she was actually tested for Rett syndrome several times, I would say how would they times. Test for, how did they test for that? Through blood, and then okay. it would get sent to a lab, and then sure. it would take weeks to come back. Mm -hmm. um, Angelman syndrome was another um, disorder she was tested for and so the hardest part for me as a mom was that I would look it up on the internet and then I would you know some of the conditions or the diagnoses that she was being tested for often ended in death so mm -hmm. it was very hard to go mm -hmm. through that it was just a roller coaster so finding out her diagnosis was kind of like closure we found what caused it and then we could just move forward and help her through physical therapy, mm -hmm. speech therapy, occupational therapy. So like you just mentioned, going through physical therapy and things like that. So at your home, um, what are your daily routines with her um, uh, to help her kind of strengthen or does she do anything or um, you said she went to physical therapy. Um, does she do anything else? Yes. So we have to meet all of her daily needs. So she needs assistance, getting dressed, bathing, um, using the bathroom, 
all of her hygienic needs. routines right. needs. Yeah, they need. Uh, she needs assistance with all of that. She's not able to walk independently unless she uses a gait trainer. So we have to carry her into like the vehicle, or if we have to put her in a chair, we have to um, lift her up. She does have knee contractures, so she needs to have her knees um, straightened out and do, you like, do, that do some every stretching. Day? Every day yep. you kind of do those. Yes. Cool. And then she does have a G tube, and so she does receive uh, Pediasure through that. She's able to walk around on her knees. So she's able to get up and down stairs on her knees. She just kind of adapted, mm -hmm. and she and has I, a strong will. Yeah, so she, she is. She, yeah, she found yes. a way to, you know, <laughs> get around. Yeah, she can't walk on her legs, so she walks around on her knees. Yep, and I've been around Lainey a lot of times, and she's just a joy to be around. She's so happy and great to see what you guys, um, how you incorporate incorporate everyday living with her, and she's just she just brightens your guys' day, and I can see that, and it's really great. Are there any um, conferences coming up that we should know about or that people can attend if they listen to this podcast? Absolutely. So the DDX3X Foundation's 7th Annual Scientific Conference will be held um, on November 11th through the 13th, um, and it's at the Hyatt Regency Clearwater Beach Resort and Spa in Clearwater, Florida. Okay. So, Is this a virtual event or is it an in-person event? It can be both, in oh, person. Cool. So people yes, can join. Absolutely. Do you know a lot of the community that are part of this DDX3X? Do you talk with them a lot? Yes, I talk to them um, through the Facebook group. Um, I was also able to attend the first uh, conference in Pennsylvania where I got to connect with other moms and geneticists. When you when you speak with the geneticists, what do they what do they what can they offer you? Yes, and that's um, they are working on doing trials. Um, and so that's why they set up the DDX3X Foundation. Um, people can donate to that, and it not only promotes education on DDX3X, but it also helps them do more trials and have the money to fund those trials and experiments. Awesome. And you're part of the CORDS registry. Um, you have your daughter in there. And yes. so what positive outcomes can come out of being in a registry like that? Because I hope that it can help other family members that are going through the same thing. And I can also learn more, too, by going to the registry and listening to podcasts like this and knowing that there's other people out there that are just like Lainey. Mm -hmm. And there's parents out there going through the same thing. And I know we were just talking about meeting with geneticists as well. Is there any treatments that are available out there or any um, therapies like with medication out there right now? Or is it just kind of people are still um, have kind of a big question mark on this uh, condition? They do. Um, therapies are very, very important. We started therapies when Lainey was an infant through the Birth to Three program. Um, she started physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and she still receives this uh, through her school. Oh, uh, awesome. Now that she's 14, she still receives those services. And um, we also have gone to outpatient therapy so she could do aquatic therapy which because she absolutely loves the water. Oh, great. So. That's awesome. And if it, I know this can be a burden on parents um, financially as well. Is there any assistance that you guys got that other people could maybe seek out? Yeah, so Lainey qualified for Medicaid, which helps cover a lot of her medical costs. They cover her therapies, her medications, um, her hospital visits. Oh, wow. 
That's great. So if somebody was to have a condition like this and maybe it's a, um, a financial burden, which I'm assuming it is on a lot of families, they can that could be something that they can look into. Absolutely. Awesome. And then, um, Robin, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I think that uh, it's very important to seek support when you're going through something like this. Um, so I highly recommend looking at, you know, social media, mm -hmm. um, join Facebook support groups. And can you tell us what your Facebook support support group is for um, this podcast, just in case anybody wants to visit it? Yep, it's called Gene DDX3X. And then there is also a DDX3X Foundation that has more information. And if somebody wants to message you on Facebook, ask you any questions. Absolutely. Perfect. And I know on that website, too, on Facebook, I've, I've looked through it, too. There's a lot of stories on there, and there's a lot of people asking questions and everybody kind of chiming in on what they think about things. So I think that's really important, too, to get those answers. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for being on our podcast. Um, your story is amazing, and I can't wait to put this out there on the Internet. And um, hopefully we can educate the community and reach people who do not have an answer. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. The theme music for Chordscast is borrowed with permission from Scott Holmes's song, So Happy. To learn more about Sanford Research and our registry, Chords, visit us at sanfordresearch.org slash chords. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, comments, stories, or feedback to chords at sanfordhealth.org. Find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sanford Chords. The content of Chordscast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. We'll see you next time on Chordscast.